Hello? What's good, brother? What's good, man? What's up? Uh, well, you're in, I mean, it's always nice to talk to you because you always seem to be, no matter where you're at, in like a good space. So yeah. it's, 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 it's nice connecting because like right now, not necessarily uh-huh. there. Right. Uh, and, I, and, I the, and, and the thing is, this is the way that I equate it is as weird as it sounds, I, I can't be a follower. I can't follow people. I just can't. Right. Like it's, it's out of the fucking question that I can follow people. It's just, I suck at doing yep. it. Right. So that defaults me into a leadership position, no matter what, exactly. or, or defaults me into a loner position. Yeah. One of the two yep. and being lonely sucks. And like, I joke around with Casey who you haven't met yet, but you guys will hit it off. I'm pretty sure of it. He's, oh, he's Casey. Casey is a buddy of mine that I went, uh, I flew him here, got him. Um, um, we, we met here. He stayed for like so 19 days. How much days. is it to fly out there? The what? How much is it? Oh, dude, it's, I, I, I have no clue. I flew him one way. So it was like maybe 200, 300 bucks. Okay. I thought it was about, okay. No, it's, it's more expensive to fly internationally than it is to fly in the country. I know. That's what I thought. I knew it. Yeah. It's going to, for you, it'll probably be like five to $600 round trip. Yeah. Right. Um, But yeah, so I flew him here. He stayed for about like 19 days. We kicked it, got to know each other and then road trip down to Georgia. And I stayed at his house on his couch while me and him healed. And that was like our, um... can you hold on one second? Yeah, of course, man. Sorry, dude. Such dead air. Um, I'm just saying thank you to someone that was... We'll get into why I'm saying thank you to her in like a second, but let me just say thank you to her and then... Um... Y'all good, man. Like I said, I just kind of wanted to say I'm sorry about last night because, man, I came home and I was just knocked Mhm. Oh yeah, so, dude. Well, but, I figured it, I, I wasn't. I wasn't just tired. Like I'm gonna be real with you. I, I was with my boy, and we were smoking, and I was stuck, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was. Like that's that's what it was. Like because I really thought I'm like, okay, I'm gonna be able to stay up. You know what I'm saying? I laid down. You know, just just like lay my head down. I woke up at, like three in the morning. I'm like, damn, man, I felt bad. I'm like, fuck. But that's why I had to just get a podcast with you in early early in the mm-hmm. day you know I, it was, I was up you know I <laughs> exactly right and that's yeah see that's the way i look at it too i know that the later and later and later it gets into the day for people there's a it, it's almost as if like let's say there's a hundred percent chance to do something in the morning 
but yeah. or like 95% chance and that 5% takes over well the later it gets in the day the less percentage is available exactly. which means that i know that there's only a 50/50 chance that you and i will record after a certain time yeah and 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 just just saying it if i didn't have to work you know obviously would have all the time in the world mm. that just would be you know obviously i just work you know and yeah i i go to the gym you know but i always have some type of time it's just is my ass going to fall asleep or some, sh- you know what I'm saying? Like just, just things like that. But there's always some time, you know, there, there's always is some time, even if I'm doing something, you know, it just, both of our times have to connect. That's kind of what I'm saying with that. Like, it doesn't matter if I'm free right now, if you were out, you know, and you, you were doing something, then it doesn't work for both of us. So it's just, exactly. you know what I'm saying? It's just connecting with both of our times. That's all it is because sometimes you're free, <laughs> not free and I'm free, but if you're not free. So, it's just coordinating our own schedule, which, I mean, we do a lot. <laughs> we might done 20 or 30 podcasts or, or, you know, something like that. So it's definitely something I love to do. And going back to what you said about leadership and following, like, I've never been a follower. Well, What's good, dude? It's good. That was, uh, that was my bad this time. You're all good. <laughs> Usually mine. Like, yeah. all good. <laughs> I, I'll own this one. <laughs> you're all good um yeah kind of like that. yeah about leadership um yeah. that i could never be a follower like in so many instances like even in school like I, I i never like i could never be a follower to other people you know what i'm saying when other people are just doing this or just caring about uh so much of what they were and how to you know look look this certain way towards people like course i would try and dress nice you know what i'm saying like you know not not every day but some <laughs> days it's like i didn't care to live up to the standard of looking cool because we all know there's these these standards you know of oh you got the new this or you got the new that so you're up on these you're up on the standards you know if yeah. you're not you're not on the standards like i've never i never care to be in those groups you know like hey let me never. ask you a question uh-huh You've heard of, like, Keeping Up with the Joneses, right? Yeah, of course. But, like, Jones is a really white name. Mm-hmm. So, like, is there equivalency of, like, Jones in, and this is going to sound so off-color, but I think we need to get past fucking things. Is there, mm-hmm. is there a, a, an equivalency of, like, Joneses, last name-wise, that mm-hmm. black people keep up with in their community? You know what I mean? Like, the Johnsons, or like, that's still a white name, but, like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Right, like, when when you went to school, were you trying to keep up with white people, or are you trying to keep up with, um, like, my? High, I'm going to tell you my high school experience. We had like five black people, mm-hmm. five. So no one kept up. Like, we no matter what, you were keeping up with white people because you were in white centric fucking shit, right? Mm-hmm. So like, when you went to school, your high school, like your your high school experience, was it mixed? Well, was it? predominantly white was it predominantly um, black was it predominantly you know what i mean that's what i'm getting to it was predominantly white where i, okay. where I live it, it's predominantly white now from where i used to live which is kansas city missouri which i lived for eight years of my life it was predominantly black um very high crime area um just just lots of things going on there you know right. so moving it, from that uh-huh sorry go moving from that yeah moving from that um it just it just like it. I'm glad that it happened. 
I'm glad that like I came from that experience because like I know it made me to the person that I am now because like I'm so proud of myself in so many different instances because I could have coming from that coming from a very violent area you know like I could have just conformed to that you know like I could have been like oh well I'm 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 from here you know how people be like oh I'm from here I'm a rep this city yeah yeah <laughs> Nah, man. I have no love for where I live, dude. Zero. Do you know why? Mm-hmm. It has no love for me. Man, whoa. Man. I, I... Equal exchange of energy where I live. I and hear you. it. So when we're getting to this too, so let's uh let's let's go back to uh like leadership and followership, right? Okay. So like we all lead, like, I believe in a format of leadership called holacracy, which is, mm-hmm. it's no longer about a tiered structure. It's about more like a sphere structure where everyone is, one, the leader of themselves, and then, two, they take on roles. So, like, let's say between me, like, let, let's use Casey and I, for example. Uh-huh. We, I, I like to use my imagination and map stuff and connect stuff and and look at try and find like roles within roles right and so like to me casey is more like a knight kind of archetype than he is um other types which means like he wants to go to battle know what i mean yeah right but he doesn't want to fight people in the street or anything like that but you know like he's his his biggest excitement that we used to talk about is he's getting he's excited if the zombie apocalypse comes He's like, he's just like, it gets real simple then. Real simple. He's just like, it's, uh, it's me and them. And that's basically it. And he's like, he is ready to, he is ready to, he is legitimately ready to plow down some undead. He is ready to survive. He is ready to go. He is, he's more excited about the zombie apocalypse than being alive. (laughs) Right, which is hilarious to me, and he's a super great guy. But and maybe he'll kill me on this, and maybe he's changed his opinion. But like, um, he—I don't even know if I should be like. We we slept with a shotgun in his bedroom because I slept in um the I slept in their basement. Like I went to I lived with his family for like six months. Wow. Yeah, man, and they like accepted me in as if I was like one of their like own. Dude, that's like wow. It's real shit, right? Wow, yeah, man. Right? And like I don't mind, man. I will sleep on anyone's couch if I can get to know you. If I can if if I can have if I can have an extra five minutes with you, I will sleep on your couch. Right? If I can have extra time, I will I will be there. Like I will actually physically be there. Mm. Right? If that's the only way that I can have time with you, I will physically be there. I don't need to talk to you. I don't need to any of that shit is just, I like people in, like, I like the presence of people. I like the feeling of people. I like all of those things. And when I'm disconnected from that, which it felt like this morning, that sucks because, yeah, you know, like, that's what gets me up in the morning. What gets me up in the morning isn't me being an amazing storyteller or wanting to open an animation studio or being able to bind anything to cannabis. Like, that doesn't fucking get me up in the morning. You know what does? Knowing that I get to talk to you guys. That's all that matters, dude. That's it. And I wish that people really could fucking understand that. That that's the like that's my priority. And 
when I, I woke up this morning and besides not even like not even like you had messaged me yet on Twitter, but nobody had messaged me on iMessage or like on, on text message. Mm. And like except for one person who needed to step back a bit. Mm. Right. And that's totally cool because me and her are working toward like working working on stuff for her. Right. This is all all part of her healing. Right. So I understand. And she did the most amazing thing, which was I need to step back. Communication is everything to me. Yeah. Key. Very key. Everything. Because if I can't read you, I need you to tell me what's wrong. I need you to tell me where we're at. Right. And and so this compounded on top of something else. Which is October is like the hardest month. I don't know. Did we go into anything about like October and me? Yes. Yeah, we talked about the the, the last podcast. It's kind of about that energy with October. Yes. Yeah. And like, so around this time, I I started really paying attention to how sick my dog was. Mm. And he started losing weight and I took him in and I wasn't sure why he was losing weight. I thought maybe he had this or this happening to him. Maybe he had like a tapeworm or maybe he had something and, and, but it was the cancer in his stomach eating him. Wow. Right. And, um, so in the next couple of days, it'll be, um, when it gets down to, no, it probably is like in the next couple of days is when I found out he had cancer. In um, a day or two after that, my mom dropped everything, flew in and stayed at my place for seven days while I gave Buddy, while I gave Buddy the greatest exit I ever could think of, which was all I did was take him to his favorite places and all I did was feed him his favorite foods. Wow. Because at that time, it didn't matter anymore. He was going, I knew, I knew that his death sentence was going to be one way or another because I'm not putting my dog through chemotherapy. Yeah. Not a, not a, not an 11, 11 year old dog. Dude, I was going, I was, I was about to go on a road trip. I was about to leave. I was about to go and, and go and explore and do these things. I couldn't have a sick dog. If if I did chemo, it would have been end of road trip and I would have suffocated and probably when he died, taken my own life too. Mm. Because what's the point, dude? No, I understand, man. That's a connection you got. Right? That's, and that's a connection, you know. Nobody has been there like he has. Right? I don't care what people say that like a human connection is way more important than a, an animal connection. That's a lie. No, I can even break that down even more. I'm telling you, no, that's that's honestly bullshit. Because if you really think about it, we as humans, we have the capacity to really be able to 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 build shit. Like like a, like a, a zebra or even a dog, any animal, they don't have that capacity. So the, their capacity is this. They are what I think, you know, because I'm not saying I know it all. This is just what my theory is. Animals are literally spirit guides like they are in their spirit like literally like they are literally like in their form that's why we're supposed to learn so much from them that's why animals love us so much and give us so much yeah. unconditional ass love i'm telling you for real for real yeah. they do they're they're a gift yes and we take them for granted exactly and exactly. and and 
I took him for granted. Even though people would look at it and go, you gave him the best life possible. Mm -hmm. I look at it going, I only gave him a certain amount because of certain things. Dude, let me tell you the origin of, okay, so I was, it was 2008 and I was working in film and I was hating it and I knew that I was getting out and I was so excited and we had just lost, we had just put down our dog last year around the same time, like October. October, November, we put down our other dog, right? A year before Buddy came in our life. And through the wires of the film email, we got um, an email from my my coordinator, got an email from our animal coordinator saying that on this other show, they had this amazing golden doodle puppy. And he needed a home to go to or else they had to give him back to where he was going and they didn't want to put him back in the puppy mill. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, she, my coordinator forwarded the email to me and but I looked at him. Oh, all good, man. You have to. <laughs> Fuck that. Exactly. We are right. All right. All right. You know what I do with everything that I kill? I, I connect with it after like while, like once like on the, on the death while like possibly spirit still there. And I wish it a better life in the next one. So you're saying like consciously, like as you're doing it, because like I said, little things yeah. like that, man, you mosquitoes, I, if you have to kill a spider, if you have to kill ants, if you have to kill anything yeah, that it, is just in your way that you have to knock down. Yeah. You have like, I just wish it the best in its next time. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Those things, like I said, I really take into account because there's things that, you know, I'm not implementing the best. You know, we can all get better on things. You know, that's why I feel yeah. like we learn from each other, honestly. Yeah, and and yeah. let's let's go with that, right? Like, so I wasn't, um, I didn't feel like I gave my best to Buddy. I really don't, because, and 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 so going back to it, I was sitting at my desk and it was a judgment call, and. It was such a weird moment because I knew the moment that I saw him, no matter what, there was going to be pain. Mm. There was either going to be mass pain of, him, of, of never having him in my life or massive pain of having him, him in my life. And I, wouldn't, I couldn't handle not knowing where he was. Mm. So I forwarded the email to my mom. She forwarded it to my stepdad. My stepdad picked him up the next day. Wow. And he was my stepdad's dog for the first three years of his life. And um, no, he was for the first two years of his life. And then I took over. And um, but in, in within four months, because I'd quit film, I became his nanny. Mm. Like I, I was basically like I would I would leave from my house drive all the way to my mom's house for like nine o'clock, 10 o'clock. I would take him for a walk. I would do, I started my own business. So I was working on that. Like I've been self-employed since I was 28. Wow, man. Right. 11 years. And I finally made it. Finally have something to show for myself. I hear hard work pays off. Shoot. It does. And it takes time. Exactly. That's, right. Um, but so, so th- um, they get him. 
mm-hmm. and I go to their house, and the first time that I see him, and he sees me, um, I'd have to show you in person exactly what I did, mm-hmm. but like I did like a play maneuver, like to let him know that I was friendly, and like you know how like you can like creep up on a dog and like you make that like stance, mm-hmm. like you 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 quickly lower like just down a little bit and you bring your hands up and like i don't know how to explain it but like it's like that i'm gonna attack you but it's not like a real attack it's like a playful attack yeah right so i did that to him he did that to me and we played for the next 30 minutes him Ah. and me as a puppy right and we imprinted on each other this bond that was inseparable through his life And, uh-huh. right. And um, so um, I became his nanny. And it's, it's, there, were, there were times when I said, fuck it, I don't want to go home. And they cooked my, I, it was my mom's house. Yeah. Right. And to me, we need to get over this idea that once you, um, that uh, it's okay to be independent. It's great. I think it's very important, but you should still feel comfortable staying the night at your parents' house, as if it's still your house. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. What it is is, and I promise you, you're gonna get what I'm saying. It's pride. Mm-hmm. That's Ooh. what it is in the basis of of so many things. It's yeah, pride. it's it's it pride really or shitty parents. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Those right. are the two, right? Because you may not want to stay yeah. at your parents' house. You may want yeah. to get the fuck out. You may <laughs> hate your parents, and you know what? You're allowed to. Yeah. Your parents can be the biggest pieces of shit on the planet, yeah. right? That would be like saying, that would be like saying, I still need to love my ex who like was a piece of shit. No, yeah. you don't. Your parents, if your parents are shitty, fuck them. Yeah. Like I'm tired of like making excuses for shitty behavior. Like, no, no. If they're a piece of shit, fuck them. They're, they're just, you don't have to deal with them. Fuck it. Man. Right. Yeah. Right. It's just like you, you just sort of get there. Right. Like it just stops being like there's only so much that one person can bullshit before the fucking mask comes off. You see underneath there and you actually see that person for who they really are. Um, and the thing um, is, is that what I'm saying to people is I don't want to put the mask back on. If you can't handle like me being like, dude, I approach people at 30% of my maximum capacity because if I approach them any further, I fear that I'm going to push them away. Mm. And I'm tired of that because that's exhausting to run at that low of a frequency. If you can't like, if, yeah. like if, if like, think about it this way, let's say that, um, let's say that bolt, the fastest fucking quote unquote fastest runner, mm-hmm. right? hundred meter dash, just dude can sprint. Let's say that he says, fuck this. I don't want to run this anymore. I want to go and break the, rec- the world record at the 200 meter. And he goes into that competition and he does the same fucking thing. He breaks the world record in the 200 meters because the motherfucker just sprints the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Is it anybody's fault that he's just great that way? No. Right. So like then he jumps to the 400 meter and says, fuck it. And he sprints the fuck out of that one. And you have like a minute or like you have like the fastest 400 meter dash and like, no one's going to break it. And he just sort of like, fuck it. What he's doing is he's building his ability to sprint full time. Yeah. 
And he's, he's building his ability to sprint long distances so that let's say that at some point he just runs a marathon and it takes him a little bit longer because you can't always sprint a marathon, but at least he like runs faster than pretty much anyone and like breaks the world record in half the fucking time. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know where the fuck I was going with that, but it made sense. <laughs> what were what were we just talking about? Kind of on the lines of, um, I think, cause I know you said something just now with like with like hard work and time and how like it takes time. You know, everything takes time. Kind of with on that line, maybe. Right. You know, like you said, ways, man. So you know what? We'll get back there. Let's go on with buddy. Like that makes sense. So maybe that'll connect in in like a bit. Maybe that's like a cliffhanger that. It's like, okay, let's see how we get back there. So we're building puzzles now. Great. So buddy, me and him imprint. And I, um, I stopped driving home sometimes and I would just stay the night. And on one of these nights, my, or one of the, the morning after one of the nights, my mom comes into the room and it's October 5th, 2010. And the significance of October 5th, 2010 is a fucked up date for me. Because it was also that night that I was going to launch a social media company that I was really excited about. Mm. And even though I didn't give a fuck about being in front of the camera, being out there and blah, 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 blah. I bet you if I got in contact with people, I could boost their fucking all of their shit just by like my imagination alone. Yeah. And I was going to open up this company and it was going to be we were going to start really, really small. And I just spent the entire night up till about four in the morning um, making uh, making advertising for it basically in a sense, right? Like pack, like these are the packages that we offer. This is what we do. The, all of those things, right? Like I stayed up forever doing the graphics for it and all of that. And my mom comes into the room early in the morning. She's like, okay, Mike, I need you to keep buddy in the room. I don't, you don't, I don't want you to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, but buddy can't see this and, um, but I want you to keep him as calm as possible. Um, Bob just had a stroke and the ambulance is on its way. Mm, wow. And my stepdad was calling into work cause he wasn't feeling well, garbled everything on the phone and fell to the floor Oh God! in front of my mom. And she immediately called the ambulance. The ambulance picked him up. That night, they declared that the left side of his brain was completely fried and he would remain bedridden if he didn't, if he survived. Wow. And they didn't even think he would come out of it in like he came out of it like three days later. He was like basically in critical care for three days. He came out of it. um, And then um, they sent him to ICU for a while to, to heal. And then they sent him to the stroke ward after that once he was. Like, it, the first month he spent in ICU, the second month they sent him down to the stroke ward, and in the third month he passed away. Oh, man. Yeah. And uh, so I basically moved in from my place to my mom's place, but still kept this place because it was cheap rent. And I spent all my time at my mom's house making sure that her house was okay. Because I didn't want her coming home because she spent all of her time at the hospital with my stepdad. Um, so when, when this was going on, when, how long ago you say this was? 
2010. 2010. Nine years ago. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. So it was it was me and Buddy, and we just kicked it at, at, at my mom's house, right? And my stepdad passed away January 5th, 2011. My mom legitimately spent 90 days, dude, at the hospital every fucking day. Wow. Yeah. She was lucky that she had people that could take over her business. Mm-hmm. Right? But she was... She was a mess and it still fucking haunts her today. Yeah. So like um, me and her are really close around October because it really just fucks us up. And yeah. uh, so, so um, in April, my sister moves in with my mom because she's going through the middle of a divorce. Right. And um, or a separation, whatever you want to call them. And uh, so there was not enough room for me to stay there. And so my mom was like, well, I mean, she was like, thanks for staying with me. Um, You can go back home now. And she was like, can you take buddy? And I was like, well, my landlord doesn't want us to have any extra, like any, any animals, any pets and whatnot. So, and I now have to check this in with my roommates going, Hey, um, there's only going to be one of two options. Either I can bring buddy home or Mm. I have to move out and find a spot for me and buddy. Because I wouldn't trust him at my mom's house. And so my roommates were nice enough to say, you know what? Yeah, buddy can move in. And my landlord um, had no fucking clue because I just snuck him in. And I kept him here for a while until they figured it out. And uh, but they loved him. Because everyone loved buddy. Buddy was like buddy was the better part of me. Any like Mm -hmm. a lot of like a lot of what is good about me right now. I learned from him. Right. And uh, so he moved in here when he was three, when he was four and a half. He got this thing called bloat, which is when the flap of the stomach wraps around too much and it doesn't unwrap and no air comes in or out. And he just starts to bloat. Mm. And if you don't get your dog within two or three hours to the vet to get surgery, mandatory surgery. Your dog is dead, and that mandatory surgery is anywhere between three and five thousand dollars. And it's called bloat. I mean, what? Yeah, bloat. Um, it's really big in like barrel-chested dogs, so like um, like poodles and labs, and like those kind of dogs get it quite often, or or can get it, or the more susceptible to it. Yeah. And so he got it, and I noticed. When, when I noticed him, I know, okay, so I study people. I study things. I observe. I watch. I watch. I watch. You listen more than you talk, sounds like. Oh, no, I can talk and listen at the same time because I can connect into you. Right? So while I'm talking, I'm also listening to your feelings. Gotcha. And then so I. You're not able. Uh-huh. Right. And then I take those feelings and I decode those into words. So I get a gist of like what you're thinking while I'm talking to know, should I continue going this path or should I go a different direction? Gotcha. Right. And usually I'm correct. Yeah. That's that intuition. I feel like, or just like whatever, you know, feeling. That yeah. It all is. Was had, all, you know. Yeah. It's intuition. It's, it's, yeah. it's really like, connecting with another person and just being with their energy. Yeah. 
Right. And I was with buddies, like buddies energy. Holy shit, dude. Like to the point that my mom still gets sad walking into the house because it misses his. Uh. Right. Like it's amazing how much of a presence people do make or beings make. Right. And he was a big one. So like um, he had that. And like I learned how to really, really care for something through that. And I want to talk about something that is super important too. So manifestation is a legit thing. We do manifest stuff. And I manifested his bloat because I also wanted to explore a life of freedom because I knew that with him, I was going to be chained. I wasn't going to be able to go off and do everything that I want to do. I knew that I was yep. always going to have a dependent. I knew that. I knew that. I knew that. And I didn't need a dependent at the time. I was, I was okay. But then he came in my life and it stopped being okay. Mm. But I resented him because I felt like he held me back. Mm. And I didn't give him everything because of that resentment. And he deserves everything. And so when I put him down, um, the night before I put him down, so this is fast forward like nine, like he's, he's now 10 turning 11. He almost got to 11 years old mm. and we were walking. He, we, we had spent the, the day, I'll send you the photo that I took of him at uh, his favorite place called Bunsen Lake. And he went swimming. He went, he was, he was swimming and chasing rocks. Mm. Um, for like and like 45 minutes to an hour and i think that really wiped him out and he wasn't hungry he wouldn't eat, like he was so sick to the point that he wouldn't even eat a cheeseburger wow and with him like throwing up yeah he just refused it he would like turn his face to it oh he just didn't want it and uh so we got home and he walks upstairs and he lays on the bed that like the foamy that we have out for him. And I lay on it too. And we crash and I wake up and there he is sitting with my mom and she's feeding him the cheeseburger because he wants to eat it with her. Oh, and wow. it was such a like a beautiful moment. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, maybe he is just feeling okay. Maybe I can get, maybe we can go through tomorrow and we put him down the next day. Cause it was legitimately day to day. If he didn't feel good, like if I didn't think he felt good, I was knocking him off the next day 100%. And he still looked super healthy to people. But his insides were corrupt. Wow. And people would have noticed it soon. And so I take him on this walk and we were going to go on. What I had done with him for the last seven days was I took him on every single walk that he ever loved. I did my best to give him the best exit possible because I feel like he deserved it. Mm. And like to, to the point that we went to like certain areas that some of the times were locked, but when we went there, they were open. Like when we went there this time, they were like open. He, there was this area where there's like a little watering hole that they usually keep locked up. But we went there the two nights before I, he, he was put down and the gate was open. And so we went in there and he played for like 20 minutes in one of his favorite spots, right? And we walked him all around and like, 
I didn't get to all of his favorite people, but like I, he got to see a lot of his favorite people and a lot of the dogs that yeah. he like liked. And I really like, you know, like did my best to be present just with him. And we're walking down to start this because there's um, me and him had created patterns with our walk. Right. So he knew that if we had gone, we go this direction, then it means that we're going to go this way. If we go this direction, it means that we're going to go this way and go this route. So we started off on this route that he knew and it passes a 7-Eleven and he starts, uh, he picks up a, uh, a piece of chicken off the ground. And it's one of the ones with like bones in it, like a, like a breast, right? And he starts to chomp on it and I lose my fucking mind, dude. I've never yelled at him so much in my life in front of people in front of that and i'm looking at him and i'm like you're fucking dying tomorrow and you want to do this and like all of that stuff and i just yell at him and i do the one thing that i regretted like i did the one thing i regret the most i took him home Mm. i didn't finish the walk how how far did you get on the walk not like not even like 20 percent oh yeah man got you and it feels like a loop that isn't closed well like i say like i always say the more you talk about something to people that generally care you know and gonna send you that love back the not the better the situation gets I don't know right right wording I'm trying to put on it, but it gets easier. You just it, it, thank you. There you go. It just gets easier. Exactly. It's exactly. not as if the pain is any less. It just gets yes. easier to say. Exactly. Right. Because exactly. like I obviously want to cry right now, but I'm not going to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to like be strong and be brave because you have to finish the performance. I can break down after the show. Hey, man, that is so. That, see, what I'm saying that's a quote. That's a fucking quote right there. Do you know like where that. I do you know where I got that from? Uh-huh. So in the first season of American uh of uh X Factor America, uh-huh. there was this kid that came on and like sang the fuck out of a song and like just literally performed the hell out of it. And it got him on the show at the end. Mm-hmm. Right? And uh it was his like initial performance and he performs the hell out of it. And then all of a sudden just like deteriorates and like breaks down. And L.A. Reid looks at him and he's like, you did the right thing. You did the best thing you could do. You held it together during the performance. And then you broke down after. And I was just Mm -hmm. like, get through the tough parts and break down after. And I was just like, that's it. Right. No matter how scared you are, no matter how terrifying it is, you're going to find a moment in your life to break down and let it go. And, yep. and it's been tough for me because to me, the only way that I can make it right is to make it right with him. Mm. But one half of that equation is bye-bye. Yeah. Never coming back. And, uh, and, and, the really fucked up thing is like it, it it's like not even like a fun story like this would be if this was if if 
that was made into a movie. Like, you know, everyone says, oh, you know, like made into a movie type shit. Dude, yeah. it was, I put my dog down a day after my roommate's birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, then his girlfriend put her dog down that weekend. So my roommate lost two of like his most favorite animals. And what's the most tragic part is he's got a pit bull with like, yeah, with the biggest heart in the world. Loves me to death, but loved Buddy more and loved Luna just as much. And she lost her two best friends in a week. God. But nobody cared. Because they don't look at animals the same way. Exactly. I played a tape, like, when I got home, and I just wanted to hear Buddy's voice, and I played a recording of him speaking. She started to look for him. Mm. Only go off what they're used to, man, just like humans. Right? And it's so hard, man. You know, that's what we don't understand. That's why this whole thing with us just killing animals, you know, to, for, for meat consumption. Like, that, 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 that pig could be somebody's dog. Yeah. Think about it. It, doesn't even, it doesn't dog. even matter if it's somebody's dog. That pig is just a pig. It's just, exactly. it's just living. It just wants to have the same fucking opportunity that you have, which is a life. Exactly. That is it, man. And we... Yeah. Don't allow true. that half the time. And that sucks. And that's all I wanted for Buddy. And he had that for like, dude, he was when, when, you know how like I stand out when I want to stand out, mm-hmm. right? So he was the same as me in dog world. Like he was just incredible, dude. By, um, I completely underestimated his ability to the point that if I was smarter, like if I knew what I knew now and had him now, he would have been this most incredible dog you would ever meet. He was... I saw, sorry, go. Uh-huh. No, go. I was going to say, I saw you posted on Twitter, man. And um, he showed us looks like a ball of just just love. <laughs> and energy, man. He really yeah. was, right? He and, looked fucking fluffy, dude. Oh, dude, he could get fluffy. Like, if I did not groom him, he would be just like, but he would get like super matted if I didn't brush him enough. And I didn't want to brush him all too much. And he liked feeling like he liked the feeling of being groomed. Oh, he I know. They really do. did. Right. And like when when he got a good haircut. Oh, my God. Did he ever want to go fucking show that thing off? He had to go eat. Man, come on now. Same thing with dogs and yeah. humans. Yeah, he got to go throw it. Right. Dog. Now? Like he would, he, if, 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 if Buddy were a... I, I really only see this with, like, black dudes. Where they, like, unveil their, like, hair, taking off their rags. Dude, that's so weird because I have I have my do rag on. <laughs> right, but like that would be that would be Buddy with his haircut, and he'd want to put on it. Like he, if he felt good about it, he would want to like he'd want everybody else to like get gassed up too, right? But like, like he would he would want that too. Buddy was phenomenal. Like he, I taught him, and and I sorry, let me rephrase that. I mm-hmm. showed him mm-hmm. how humans live. 
and he learned our system. So he understood dog and he understood human. Right. And to the point that by the time he was, I want to say, eight years old, I granted him freedom. Meaning that as the person that knew him the best, the greatest judge that ever could happen for him, I felt like he could operate by himself in our society. And I said, you know what? As long as you can remain like this, you don't ever have to wear a leash or collar. I will carry it with me because there's people around that get scared, but you don't ever have to wear that. And it's like I had full-on conversations with him. And he never, unless needed to, wore a leash and collar. I Look, my thing on that is, if you have that connection with your dog, like obviously that you did, and you know, you know how your dog is going to act towards just random people, you know, because you have put in that work and time and effort, you know, and energy to, you know, kind of train them, you know, with just people and how to interact and things like that, then I, I don't feel that, you, you know, you do need a leash because, like, it is a subconscious thing. Like, you have this dog on a leash, like, would we want to really be on leashes? Fuck no. Well, okay, let's let's really just... So, I... um. I had a picture. I, I wanted to do a, a side-by-side picture, but human beings aren't necessarily ready for this yet. Of two beach signs, that one of the one of the beach signs says "No dogs allowed," uh-huh. and another beach sign that said "No blank allowed." What's the blank? Humans. Coloreds. Oh, colors. No coloreds allowed. What did colored people used to be? In collars? Yeah, in chains. Uh, shackles, you're right. Dogs are slaves to human beings. Do you know why? Do you know what dogs are slaves to human wow. beings? They are slaves to human beings in a multitude of different ways, but we don't look at it, and it disgusts me. It literally disgusts me how human beings treat dogs. They do not give them the freedom that they deserve because we live in the way that we live, and most dogs are emotional support dogs. Yes. And that is unfair to the dog. They just want to love you. They don't want to take on your shit. That is so fucking true, man. Like, dogs are literally, like, because like, I don't have a dog, but, like, I go to my friend's house, which I actually am a little later, um, like, later tonight. Um, He has his pit bull, and um, it's just, it's just, you can just feel the love, like, from from mm, the dog. Like, right? you can literally feel like, like, nah, like, this animal right here. It's just full of love, like literally like just love, like nothing else, like literally just love, like just loves you, just wants you to just pet, you know what I'm saying, groom, pet, you know what I'm saying, just just show love to them, that's it, that's literally all they want, like they don't want anything else. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's man, it. Def- that's it, man, I'm telling you, and it is sad, we can't just, just give them that, give these animals just unconditional love which what they give us we can't just reciprocate that you know like or just or just talking about the the color leash thing like just being uh, more empathic you know just kind of feeling like if i was this animal (laughs) like how would i really feel human brain human beings break animals to their will 
Yes. Human beings break human beings to their will as well. Yes. I agree. And we don't recognize that right now our leashes and chains, kind of like how um, Wi-Fi is a a collar and a leash or whatever it is to the phone, we don't recognize that our collar and chain is invisible. Yep. And because we're slaves, because we're crabs in a bucket, we try and pull each other down. So fucking true. And like on Saturday, I got tired of that. On Saturday, I just got tired of feeling like that. And I was missing Buddy. And barely anybody was available to talk. And when you're all alone, like literally all alone, and most of that is your fault because you isolate yourself so far from people because you don't trust that they'll actually be around so you don't give them a chance. Mm-hmm. And so it's really only your fault that nobody's around, but it still doesn't, like, you still hope that somebody gives a fuck. Enough okay. to be, like, put you at a priority more than just, oh, I'm sorry I was doing this or I'm sorry I was doing that. One of the number one reasons why people commit suicide isn't because they're unhappy. Because they have nobody to talk to. Because they don't see a point. Exactly. They've lost that point. They've lost a reason to get out of bed in the morning. And if you don't have that reason to get out of bed in the morning, you stop caring, you stop giving a fuck, and it's not even like you go into depression. It's a whole other thing that is super hard to explain. It's just something that we do when we give up. And I didn't want to give up. And I've held it strong since Buddy passed because between me and you, mm-hmm. you'll move on. Star will move on. Casey will move on. Everyone will move on but my mom. You guys will go live your lives. You probably won't even, like, there'll be, like, a little bit of a hiccup. But eventually you'd forget. And eventually you would just go off and be you. So me not being on the planet or me being on the planet in my head on Saturday was insignificant. Mm. Really didn't matter. Man, but see, but see, I don't want you thinking like that, man, because like I told, like I texted you, I'm just trying to talk to you on uh, Twitter. I'm always here, man. 100%. If if I'm working, you know, obviously we can't do a podcast or if, you know, I'm, I'm doing something like that, but I'm always here to talk, man. You know, and, if, if you are ever feeling down, I'm telling you, and I, and I truly do care because I've been alone myself, you know, many times. You know, right. I feel like people have just betrayed me. Like, after, like, this shit, like, with my friend in the business, like, I was really fucked up in my head. Like, I was really fucked up. Like, damn, somebody I grew up with my whole life, like, is really, like, really switched up on me. Like, that really had me fucked up. Like, very fucked up. Like, yeah fuck do I trust? Because I haven't known half these people as long as I, you know what I'm saying? I've known this person. So it yeah. just really, it had me in a in a very like secluded type place in my mind, just thinking like damn man, like what, what do you do? But then yeah. like it just, it kind of hit me like look at the traits of people and that's what I've always done and that's why I know what happened is that the traits that I looked at 
for, for that person, for me to be with them that long and be cool with them and everything, they changed. That's what yeah. it was. I didn't change. They changed their traits, and that's what made the disconnect. Yeah, or who they truly were came out. Uh, exactly. That, that, exactly. Exactly. The mask, the mask exactly. came off, and they couldn't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. And their true colors came out when the opportunity came to be them. Mm-hmm. That's true. And, fucking true, and the man. thing is, do you know how many people have said that they would be by my side when I would need them? And said that they wouldn't leave, that they loved me, that they cared, that they would be there. Do you know how many people have done that and have not been there? More, probably more than me, man. You've been on this earth longer than I have, so more than me. Yeah, wow. dude. Everyone. Because when push comes to shove, you haven't been put in the spot yet to truly show up. Yeah. It's easy for you to say right now, you'll be there for me. And I appreciate that. But the thing is, is that we don't know if that's true until it actually happens. Of course. Right. So like, and, and, and most people that have said that have failed. So it's really difficult for me to trust that people will be there. Oh, tr- I understand. I <laughs> right. Tr- like I, I legitimately just go, okay, yeah, cool. And like, I just, I, uh, I just let them go. I don't hold on to people anymore because it hurts too much because they're not holding back. You wanna, here's, here's a good test. Do you want to know who actually wants to be in your life? Hmm. Let them all go. You will see two things. You will see the people that, want, that are still holding on to you. And you'll see everybody else fall away. Mm. And you have to be okay with that. You have to, like, I've had to be okay with every single person knowing, coming into almost every relationship that it wasn't necessarily, like, if you really want to think of it like an alpha beta in, like, situations like that, that I was put in the mentor to the apprentice situation mm-hmm. every time. And whenever the, the apprentice either fails and drops out or the apprentice graduates and moves forward, mm-hmm. they leave the mentor. Mm-hmm. So no matter how much of a bond the mentor builds with that apprentice, they lose that person. And you move on. And you find more, but that apprentice tells you lies, lies that they don't know are lies yet, but they're telling you these lies because they feel that they're truths, but they just haven't experienced who they are long enough to understand that never say these things to people because the only thing worse than being in a spot where you don't believe people will be there for you is having people tell you they will be and not be there for you. Yeah. It's crushing. It is absolutely crushing to think that people are going to be around when you need them the most and they're not. We lie to each other all the time. We make all of these false promises all the time. Right? Uh 
but we don't follow through. We rarely do. And I'm not saying you don't, right? I'm saying the majority of people in my experience on the planet, except for maybe recently, they don't follow through. Yeah. Because then, and the thing is, is that they don't follow through on a, on, on, on something that they made on a promise that they made when they were a different person. Because the time that they leave the mentor, they've grown into a different person. And that person may not want to make that same promise anymore. Mm. They may not be able to make that same promise anymore. Mm. So like the life of a mentor is very difficult. It's extremely sad. And it's only gratifying in the States that the uh, apprentice is growing. But yeah, what I've, what I've learned too, though, is, is that I'm now only going to mentor people who are willing to put an equal exchange back into me. Yeah. Right. I'm only going to heal people that will put an equal exchange back into me. Yeah. Right. I have to trade now. I can't just give shit for free. Dude, I, I gave three years of my life to study human beings at a level of understanding that most people never do. I don't need to be in the physical presence with people to heal them. Oh, no. Right? Of I don't. And, and, or to talk to them and heal the, their mentality and their mind, right? I, all I have to do is, is even just be on Twitter and just build a connection with them. I was about to say, look at us on this. I, I mean... Exactly. Right. And and so like I I did all of that for free. I got I got a I got an education for free on human beings that most people probably never get in their lifetime. Give me an give me enough time and trust and I can break anybody that wants to out of trauma. Anyone. It's, it's that easy. Like, it's, it's, not a, it's not a difficult thing for me because I figured out what, what causes it. Wow. Right? I, I just have a fundamental understanding of it, right? I don't advertise and I don't put myself out there. I just heal whoever comes and connects to me because I feel like they were guided to me. You know what's fucking crazy? Like, I see on Twitter all the time. You ever see them, like, tear, tear readings and things? Mm-hmm. Like, I see like most of the people that do that are women and good-looking women. Like, yeah. in this whole fucking like, I know you know what I'm talking about. I know you do. In this whole like spiritual whatever you want to call it community, like, it's so funny that because I'll be wanting to tweet this shit all the time. Like, it's so funny how y'all listen to this girl yeah. just because how she looks. Whenever me and you could be talking the realest shit. Oh. Oh, really? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. oh, I don't care. Oh, no. Oh, this. But people just pay this girl $20, $10, $15, $30, It's so funny. But the real people that's trying to do things for free, y'all don't care. Yeah. Y'all care to pay for bullshit, yeah. for lies, and for people that are not connected into anything. That's what y'all care to, not connecting with the real people. Yeah. And then you know what else? You know what else gets me is... Uh-huh. Um, 
let's say you disconnect from people and they come back and they're Mm -hmm. just like, where'd you go? Most of those people aren't coming back for you. They're coming back for them because they miss that connection. Huh? They don't miss you. They're not coming back. They're still coming back for themselves. Whoa, that kind of fuck with my mind because that hella makes sense. Because you would always think that, you would always think that, oh, you know, they're, they're just coming back because they love me and this and that. Maybe, wow. No. No, they don't. Because if they loved you, they would have fucking, if they love you, if they truly love you, they will put in the effort to get to know you. Exactly. That's the fucking truth. For real. Right. And that takes time. You can't get to know somebody overnight. Yeah. It takes time and it takes um, getting through stuff. So, oh, fuck, let's get back to manifestation. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and, and let's talk about what I did, like, with, with Buddy and the twisted stomach and those kind of things, right? So, one of the things that we really need to be careful of is the emotion that we're in when we're manifesting. Because if you manifest out of fear, your manifestation is going to arrive fear-based, mm. right? Or, or it's going to manifest out of fear, right? Like, so like for me, I made it out of like anger and fear, this thing of like, oh, because I was struggling with Buddy. I wanted my freedom. I was, you know, like I finally, I finally felt like I could be me at 28, Cause I'd always been there for people and I was finally taking my life on. And then this dog came Wow! and I couldn't say no. And I had this one moment of weakness that I wondered what my life would be like without buddy. Do you want to get into some trippy shit? Are you down for mm-hmm. that? Like some real fucking trippy shit? Of course, man. Okay. Blow my- this is this we're going to start getting into some really fucked up stuff. OK, so um, I had this one moment of weakness where I wondered what life would be like without Buddy. Mm. The next day he got twisted stomach and I had to make a decision at the vet. The vet looked at me in the face and she said, you need to make a decision really, really quickly what we're going to do. We can oh. give him the best life, like the ending possible here. Yeah. Or it's going to cost and we'll get you a sheet and a breakdown of what it's going to cost and you can decide one or the other. And I called my mom on repeat until she finally answered. God. And it was $5,000. Oh my God. She... I am lucky to have a mother who's first generational wealthy and loves me and Buddy unconditionally. And we had an agreement that anything big she would pay for, anything small was my day-to-day was me, right? My, my, micro stuff was me, macro stuff was her. Uh-huh. And I called her while I was heading to the vet. And I was just like, what do we do? And she's just like, Mike, just, just whatever they say, whatever it is, I'll cover it and just get him alive. Wow. And I was just like, okay. Wow. And the worst part of that whole drive was in between um, getting to the vet and my place 
we hit construction on the highway. And we hit construction and he started, um, it wasn't a howl, it wasn't a bark, it was this screech that I'd never heard from him before as if he was in like the most pain possible. Oh, God. And obviously I wasn't together at all. And I get to the vet and I get in and I've ca- I called the vet and I went to the wrong one the first time. Like I went to the exact, like I went to the wrong vet and they're just like, no, you got to go here. And I was just like, oh my fucking God, terrified that I was going to lose my dog any second. And Hopefully close. Pardon? Yeah, they were semi-close. And this place, dude, this place, if I had any money, if I like, if, if everything else just sort of like, like if every, if, if all the things that I want to do in life step away from me and say no and I have a bunch of money and I only need a certain amount to live for the rest of my life, I'm giving the rest of that to that one place. Yeah. And I will build out a sanctuary for them so that they can rescue everything. Because they saved him. Yeah. Right. And they were the place that I, we would go back to um, later for uh, we, I put him down there because his doctor, his main vet, um, the one that he really, really loved, she left and um, without like telling anybody and went to go to a different vet. So I have no fucking clue what happened to her. And, and like was semi in love with her too. Like she was just amazing. Right. I loved going to the vet to see her and Buddy loved going to the vet to see her. Right. Um, His second vet, the one that replaced her, he loved her to death, too. And she got sick and wasn't in the day that I needed to put Buddy down. And it was going to be a doctor that I absolutely don't think should be a vet at all. Mm. Not because she's not good at her job. She called what was going on with Buddy right away and I didn't listen to her. She doesn't have the people skills. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Fuck just saying, oh, you have can't you, you have to you have to really like there's gotta care. be compassion to it, right? Like there's gotta be like Yeah. Right? And so like I was just like, no, you know what, guys, cancel that. Don't worry about it. We'll just go to Alouette. And they're like, We get it. We understand. Or not Alouette, we'll go to the emergency. And yeah. we went to emergency and it was like a uh you know, like on that one, but like going back to manifestation right I was so scared of just being alive and I caused and people can be like no that's not true you that doesn't happen those things that's just a coincidence but dude it feels so real to me that I could get to the point where I could kill my dog on an instance like that like dude that was a one or a zero that wasn't if he like that was he's going to die if I don't make a decision. If I don't act as quickly as possible, my dog's going to be dead in the most painful way possible. And I made a choice to keep him alive. And I knew from that moment forward that he would be my complete responsibility no matter what and that no matter what dreams I had, because he loved being around me and I loved being around him and I hated being separate from him and he hated being separate from me. Yeah. 
that limits what you can do. Right. So I gave the next, um, that happened in 2012 and I put them down in 2018. So for the next six years, I basically not necessarily put all my dreams aside, but put them on the back burner and just was with him because I could not be with him right now at that time. Yeah. My dog, if my mom, if I didn't have my mom, he'd be dead. I don't know. So, um, but let's talk about weird shit. Like, like, but, but connected. So, did I tell you about what happened when I was 14 years old? Um, I don't recall. Okay, so um, from the ages of 3 to 14, I had basically 11 best friends. And what I mean by that is, and people are just like, oh, fuck, that's amazing, blah, 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 blah. Well, when the only thing you give a fuck about is the connection with people and you have to say hello and goodbye to people that you connect with on a very fucking deep level, like breaking up with a girlfriend, breaking up with a spouse, never seeing those people again. So basically they're dead to you. Mm -hmm. There is more pain that comes from that in in all like the. I, I experienced more pain than most people will ever experience having friends than they experienced not having a best friend. Exactly, because you had that compassion. That's what it is. I put out the risk every fucking time going, you know what? I'm going to lose these people anyways. I might as well give 100%. Mm. That's why I give 100% to everything I do because at the end of the day, at least I feel good about what, I, what, what I've given. Exactly. I feel the same I way. I never have doubt. The only doubt that I ever had in Buddy and my relationship was I wish I had taken him for that last bit of the walk. Mm. That's it. Um, I did that later. After like I got home or something like that. Holy shit, some dude just littered right in front of my house. I thought this was Canada. What? <laughs> he just threw something down? Yeah, like, man, he's just driving. He's just like, bleh. He's <laughs> on the fucking road and drove off. What the fuck? <laughs> he said, I thought this was Canada. <laughs> he said, fuck that. <laughs> oh. Like, fuck, man. What the hell? Um, no, okay. Me, man. <laughs> right? But, like, okay. So, 14-year-old me has now had four, uh, 11 best friends. He's been in, this is his fifth school mm-hmm. since being in education. And is in, um, not necessarily, like, he's, he's moved since he's been in the new side. Like, when I was nine years old, we packed up everything, moved 16 hours away. Kind of like, you probably had the same thing, it sounds like. You moved, when did you move? Uh, whenever I was nine. When you Couldn't were nine. Move. So, me too. Right? But for you, it sounds like it was an okay move. Yeah. For me, it was fucking tragedy because I had just met these guys that were really like, again, friends. Yeah. And I had to say goodbye to like three of them. And like, that was just fucking awful. But we had to go because my dad got a new job and my mom and you have to go with family. Of course. Of course. Those right. So. We get here, and in two years, my dad has left our family and is with a new woman. Wow. Yeah. Wow. She leaves him. The new woman leaves him, 
he comes back to us. My mom fucking has enough at some point, and by the age of 13, he's gone. Mm. He's still around, quote-unquote, but we don't have a father-son relationship that you're supposed to have. Yeah, at a very young age, of course. Yeah, we never developed it, so we don't have it now. And we both don't see a point in, in having anything beyond, hey, thanks for not, uh, thanks for knocking up my mom. Wow, man, that's sad as fuck. It is. Sad, it like, is, and he doesn't care. I only care about that. See, that's fucked up because, like, what he doesn't understand is there's really some people that have never had a dad in their life. So, mm. like, him, be- him being a dad, like, he doesn't even understand what he's doing. Like, mm. His dad was just his dad was just like him. Okay, what's well, one of the it's one subconscious. Yeah. yeah. just passing down or doing what you were uh on the lines of just doing what you've been you've seen or what you know everybody else has done like if you know like nah, I'm not I'm not with that because I know that everybody has their own free will to do whatever the fuck they want. Even if you see your parents be alcoholic every day all day long, I understand that it'd be easy for you just to do that, but at the same time it's still you that doing that. Yeah. It really is like it's hard to say because that's your environment. I understand, but it's still you. You know that's yeah. choosing to yeah. do those acts. Exactly. Yeah. So so the divorce Pushed my mom into working harder to provide mm. for us so she wasn't around. Yeah. My dad left and I didn't mm. have him to go to, really. And my sister, who was already a um, semi bitch, moved into total bitch and mm. completely cut, like at, at 16, um, unconsciously cut me out of her life. Wow. Yeah. But she didn't notice it. But, and and it's going to get like, I think it gets more fucked up as the story goes, but let's just continue. Um, so she introduces me, my sister introduces me to this girl at the age of 14. And this isn't like just a crush or infatuation. This is like you cosmically know that you've been connected in many different places. Yeah. She might not know that, but I do. And, and that's the curse of like knowing these things and having this understanding. Exactly. But, that's, but that's okay. Right. Yeah. Cause I got to be with this one person and I got to, to be with her for two months. And all we did was listen to music during school time. And that put us almost a year behind in school. Cause we went to this go at your own pace school. Mm-hmm. And we didn't follow the structure and we got behind. And what had happened, unbeknownst to me, was that she was moved schools. Mm-hmm. So one day she was at school, the next day she was gone. This was 1994, three years before internet really became a household thing to people yeah. that were like excited about it. And then the internet really became a thing in the 2000s. Yeah. Right. So I didn't have her phone number really at, at all. I didn't know where she lived she didn't really have any contacts at the school, like at, at our school, at the school I was going to. And she literally disappeared. Mm. And it fucked me up. And it fucked me up because of this. It felt like the day before I asked her out or the day before she left, I asked her out for school 
or a- asked her out to like on a date. Oh man. Yeah, I finally built up the courage to ask this girl. Like I we were friends for two months. I knew I like was like I thought the world of her. Yeah, you have feelings for her, of course. Yeah. One hundred percent, right? And uh so um so she's so I get to school and she's not there. And I'm like, oh shit. I think about her every single day for two years before wow. I finally sh- human being because I have nobody to talk to about it. And it's too much. And I just can't take it because my mom is too busy. My dad doesn't care. And my sister is not even existent. So my family, I can't go to. Um, let's go down the, the, the fun list of relatives that I have. So, and, and dude, let's just treat this as like a lawyer building a case for somebody. Let's say, let's take me out of the equation and let's say I'm talking about somebody. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is everything that happened to that person. So when I was six years old, the only grandmother that ever loved me or loved him, whatever you want to say, I'm just going to still say me that ever actually loved me and my sister died of a a brain aneurysm. A fluke accident that happened in the middle of the fucking night took the only grandparent that ever loved me. Mm. At the age of six, I never felt the love of a grandparent after that. Wow. My mom's, uh, my dad's dad, basically in a sense after that, shut himself off. And my dad, in seven years, which is basically where I am right now, leaves my family. Wow. It fucked him up too, obviously, losing his mom at 32. Yeah. Right? So, um, they are no longer in the picture. My dad's side of the family. Mom, my dad's sister is a leech off of my granddad, and so my dad doesn't talk to her. And so I don't see her and she's just this overweight, like really heavily overweight lady that lives on some like island off of like, and and I'm not talking about like a tropical island. I'm just talking about like, we have these little islands that are like semi-metropolis, not metropolis, but city-like or like town-like. And she lives in one of those. In Canada? Yeah. What? Yes, sir. Wow. Yes, sir. Because it's cold up here, so you, there's no tropics. Or else yeah. those places would be destination paradise for everyone to go to because they're fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, but uh, so my entire dad's side of that family, I never had anyone to go to. My mom's side, um, before my mom was born, her dad abandoned her. Oh, wow. Yeah. My, uh, her mom developed Alzheimer's when I was six and they didn't know. She was dead before I was like 11, I think, or 12. Something like that. Um, or, or something. Like she was out of our life. Completely. Like she was, after the age of basically six or seven, she was out of our life too. Um, and like my mom's stepdad was semi around, but I couldn't really talk to him. My aunts and uncles from that side, because they were under psychological warfare the whole time because of my mom's mom, would come and take it out on me and my sister. 
right? They would, they would like basically mentally and emotionally abuse me and my sister because of where they were at. Exactly. And I'm talking like my sister and I were six and eight Her growing people, up. People. Exactly, right? So I couldn't go and talk to them. And I didn't have, I didn't know my first cousin until I was like 22 years old. I didn't have one. Right. And so all of my friends were busy and all of the teachers were busy with, with the students. I had no one to talk to. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Awesome, dude. Okay. Awesome, awesome. Um, I can right? hear you. It just whenever my phone, whenever it, my right. screen goes black, you can't hear me. That That's what it is. My <laughs> screen just goes black and then you can't hear me. But I can hear you the whole time, though. Okay, perfect, right? Okay, so I didn't really have a support group and, mm-hmm. like, network around me. That's the reason why I'm there for people. I know what it's like. And when I say I shut down as a human being, I mean, like, I was running the rest of my life off of 16-year-old coding. Mm. I never grew past there as, as a being. I was, just, I was just getting more and more powerful as a 16-year-old, but that was it. That was my mentality, dude. Yeah. Right? And it wasn't until the age of 33 that that stopped. That's very, very, very just not coincidental, but 33 is just such a number. And you always say 33 was like that number for you where things started to change. Yeah, man. I, uh, it wasn't until 35 that I noticed, Mm -hmm. but at 33, so this is what happened. That girl messaged my sister because I was off of Facebook and asked to connect with me because she was in town. Um, and, and what had happened, how that happened is uh, she was in town for Christmas and wanted to see me. Right. So let's finish that sentence. Um, how that happened was a year before that, a year before that she met, she, she added me on Facebook and I looked at the name and all of a sudden, everything started flashing back. I had forgotten about this girl. Well, she was so thinking about you lurking on your page. <laughs> well, I guess at some point, right? And what had happened is she was the basis of everybody that I'd ever wanted to date. And, and I was the basis of everyone that she wanted to date to the mm. point that she's married to someone a lot like me. Wow. That's just, how it is a lot of times, man. I'm telling you. Just, just not me. I wasn't exactly. good enough. Right. But it is a lot of times. Right. So, um, so she, we connected there and the moment, the moment I realized who it was and we connected, mm-hmm. I felt my heart beat for the first time in like 17 years. Wow. Like really, truly emotionally, like just like this burst and it was insane, but it went away when she went away. Mm. And what I didn't know was back when I was 14, when I asked her out. So when I have this um, insane loyalty coding that just comes naturally with me, 
Mm-hmm. And that's what gets me, that's what allows me to get hurt a lot too, right? Yeah. Um, is when I find someone that I feel like I want to be with, I connect my heart to theirs. And if I really want to be with them and they really need me, I give my heart over. Yeah. And I gave my heart to this girl, my metaphysical heart to her, the one that helps us grow beyond the physical body to her. And she disappeared for 19 years. Wow. I was without that thing, dude, for 19 years. When we got together, when we got together at um, 13, no, in, in 2013, at the, uh, when I was 33, um, we met on December 22nd at a coffee shop. And the moment that we reconnected and I gave her a hug, my system rebooted. Wow. Because I had my heart back. And since then, I have created three worlds. I've written an entire book. I have a thousand pages of tweets that I need to go through. Like I've, I've gone through, I, ca- like I download my archive and I copy and paste tweets from Twitter to a Word document. Do you get it uh, like sent to your email or something? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah you but... go you, you go in and you you ask for your archive and they send it they send a link to it or whatever it is, you download that and then you open it up and it's just uh it's a offline HTML file. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is super dope. Um and so that's what I do. I go through I, and so I've I've copied and pasted over not a thousand tweets. Like over a thousand pages. Wow. Of tweets. I've written like seven or eight books on Twitter. Since 2000. I, I've only been on there in 2015. Um, but, I. But, sorry, go. You, but you see, like, you see your following. Like, it's just crazy. Like, I was talking about with the women. Like, do you not see women on Twitter that have 20,000 followers that aren't talking about shit? Oh, dude. Dude, 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 do you want to? do you want to? So, you know how I talk about um, some people. Like, there's, there's one, there's one person that, um, when Buddy passed away, mm-hmm. wasn't there for me when they should have been, mm. and it destroyed our relationship. And she says she learned. Oh, she, the majority of her foundation of why she can do what she does today is because of me. Wow. She gets a minimum of 200 likes per post. Wow. She has like 3,000 followers because she's an attractive, quote unquote, an attractive blonde. I never found her attractive, right? But because society thinks she's attractive, she gets a lot of following. Yeah. And it's, you know, shameful in that way, but I can't do anything about it. Um, but yeah, what had happened is in like August or some sort, we connected and she really took to me like most, like a lot of people do. And so I made myself available to her any moment of the day that -hmm. she needed help. And we started to bond and grow and whatnot. And um, then she went through some shit and she really, really distanced herself to the point that she blocked my number. Wow. What the fuck? 
Yeah, dude, and I have no fucking clue. Well, there were there were a couple of things that like transpired that became unforgivable. One of them, she um, she accused me of trying to get her into an evil army, like recruit her into an evil army. And what had happened is is another person that she knew was fucking with her, and had tapped into her coding or whatever that was, and was showing her clips of past stuff that she was, had done with me. And oh. it's really difficult for people to understand certain things when history is written the way that it is. But let's just say that I was in a leadership position in a past life that mm-hmm. led to the, the um, how people view Nazis and, and shit like that. There were just... They, Sometimes here's here's what I'll say to this, mm-hmm. and maybe people will understand it or not. They're not always human beings. Like not not every single person that looks like you is an actual human being, and I'm not talking about that they're robots. I'm saying that there are some people on this planet that come for a specific purpose and reason, and it's to shake shit up or it's to balance out an equation. And sometimes when you balance out an equation, you have to destroy some things. But human beings don't quite understand that on this level, so they vilify people for it, and rightfully so, and I get that. We were part of an organization that did some pretty heinous stuff, according to whatever doctrine you want to fucking listen to, and she got scared, and she accused me of that. And the thing is, is that I'm not that being. I am me. I'm only me. I cannot be anybody else than me, which means that on April 15th, 1980 at 8.35 p.m. When I came out and the doctor fucking got me alive and got me breathing, that's when I started life. I'm nothing. I am, I am not anything before that. Yeah. The moment that my mind and body connected and created a soul is when I started to exist. Yeah. So I cannot be held accountable for the things that have happened in my past. Like whatever past life coding I have, that's only a part of me. And the thing is is that you guys all have it, your shitty stuff in yours too. Do you want me to bring that out? You want me to surface all of that up? Because we can, right? It's possible, but we don't have to. And, and, And so like that separated us. And then she got really fucking distant and, um, on the then then um then i had to put buddy down and i hadn't heard from her in like a bit and the other people that were with me at that time one of them was casey and another one was this lady that i called d um who i was building wonder tree with at the time but she is now since that um separated herself from wonder tree as well got you Right, um, because she's gone on her own path because I, I helped her heal to a certain degree. And once you help people heal, they leave. Um, because like a doctor, they don't give a fuck about the doctor. They only care about what the doctor can do for them. So, um, um, but with this one, she was talking to Casey and D, just not me. Hmm. And and so I talked to Casey and Dia and I said, look, here's the thing. She's not talking to me. And just out of respect to me, I ask you guys to say, until you talk to Mike, we can't talk. 
because I connected them all. Mm. I was the connecting point. And all they did was pull me out and stayed connected. Mm. That's fucked up in my opinion. Especially, especially uh-huh. knowing because she knew she saw on Twitter that Buddy had passed away and she knew how important he was to me. So, um, I forget where I was going with that. Because that just sounds like me bitterly ranting about people. But, like, I mean, that's just why I have hard, like, issues trusting people, right? I understand, man. Trust me. Right. And, dude, I put in so much time with her. Right. Um, But, uh, fuck, where were we? Oh, shit. Oh, we were talking about um, this girl. Yeah. So... Um, right. She came back. Right. And, and so we hung out twice and then she came back the next year with another guy. Didn't message me at all, but hung out with my sister a bunch of times. Mm. And my sister never asked her once, never said to her once, Hey, until you make it right with Mike, we can't do anything. Mm. because my sister meant or un, 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 unconsciously cut me out when she was 16 and she didn't know it. Wow. So she stopped giving a shit about me. Hey man, that's, that's sad. You know, I will say right. this, me and my sister didn't have the best, you know, upbringing. I'm telling you, we'd argue a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's my older sister, so she thought she knew it all. So we argued a lot, but um, I will say she didn't cut me out. You know, we she it, it definitely was not like that. You know, we would argue, but we we had our differences, but we had so many similarities. You know, me and my sister were always the people that were just real innocent in the room, just real, just not you know not trying to be on any. <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't know, just so many things that we shared and similarities, you know, that probably is a reason that we we stayed how we are, you know, like, I'm not saying I'm talking mm-hmm. about her every day, she's my best friend, this and that, I'm not going to lie and say that, but like, we are, you know, we're, we're, we're close in some sense, you know, like, we're not distant, you know, if I want to talk to her, I can, you know, it's not that there's, that's, yeah, hello. Here we go. <laughs> Guess we yeah. got disconnected. Okay, so. Yeah, I'm just kind of saying um, how um, just kind of bouncing off from what you said, like I said, about yours um, and that the reason I feel like me and mine just kind of, like I said, stayed in a sense connected because, like I said, we were disconnected. This thing, I feel like at that time that we were, we were just young. We were just young kids. Like we didn't really understand and really value like having a relationship with each other like that because we're just young kids just arguing about stupid ass shit like young kids would. You yeah. Know? So, like when we get old, once we got older, we kind of understood, you know, like we need to really like love each other, you know, not argue about everything and things like that. So that's, well, that's, that's what I always wanted too. Yeah, man. Just, but, just be the bigger person, man. Like, Oh dude, it's done. There's no, there's no way to be a bigger person in this situation, dude. Like there's like when, when we talk, like if, again, if I were to break it, this, if I were to break down our relationship, 
Mm-hmm. You would go, why did you stay so long? Mm. When she was 19, she got knocked up and had a child. So I stayed around to be an uncle. And I made sure that whenever my sister couldn't be there for that kid, I was. If my, or my mom, like if my, my sister and my mom couldn't be there, I was. Mm. Right. And then my sister had another kid and another kid. And I made sure that when anybody couldn't be there, I made sure that those kids were okay. I hear it, man. My sister got three of them. So I, I think stayed. I, I stayed all the fucking time. And so this is, this is how my sister thinks. And this is why my sister never um, talked to that girl about me. Mm-hmm. So in 2013, my sister and I were working on a company for her. And it was going to be a nutritional company. And I told her, you love, I said to her, you love juicing. You should start a juicing company. That's, should you, that's where you like should put your priority. So we built all these, like we created these juicing books. And she did all of this research and she put out like, she has a book out on Amazon. She put a book out before me because I helped her create it. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, I helped her name her company. I hear that, man. Shoot. Right? You okay. got a cool bro. Right. Yeah. So in 2000, in 2015 or 16, one of the t- launches her company. She launches wow. her juicing company and on Facebook publicly announces that she is super grateful for my mom and stepdad, for my dad and stepmom, and one other person who was uh, another investor into her company. Gotcha. And that was it. Um, I'm not trying to cut us short, um, but I, I did have somewhere I was going to be. Oh, about- shit, dude. When do you have to go? Well, I would just, I would say we can, if we could just wrap it up, because uh, I know we've been on here for. Hell yeah, dude. Hour yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. But, um, I'll connect in with you on Twitter, man. Um, I probably should have some time later today. I was going to go to my mom's house. She wanted me to come over and eat, you know, with her a little uh, later. Awesome. But later. Later tonight, though, um, you know, I'll just connect in with you. And if we have some time, man, I'd love to do another podcast. That would be great, man. Love That would be great. All right, man. Well, thank you for your time. Have of fun course. with your friends. You too, and, man. And uh, enjoy, your, enjoy your time with your mom. You too, man. You have a good rest of your day. And like, so I'll connect in with you on Twitter and kind of see where we're at. All right, man. Peace, peace. You too, man. Stay blessed. Bye-bye. You too. Bye.